Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Modern Indian with your host, Shipra. And I, I hope everyone is staying safe and getting some sort of normalcy in these COVID times. And uh, yeah, so am I. I'm just uh, taking one day at a time, kind of getting back into the period. Uh, but one thing I have done during this time is I have been connecting with some wonderful people online. And one of them is our guest for today. She's also co-hosting with me today. Um, I met her on Instagram. She is a public health advocate. She is studying in public health. Um, she's also a clean beauty advocate. And uh, oh my gosh, she does a lot of things. She's into beauty, fashion, and a super fun person to talk to. Um, so welcome, Dhruvi. Dhruvi, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? doing today i'm doing good i'm so glad you're on my podcast i really we had a, a, a discussion before uh, when we were on the phone but i really wanted to get you on a podcast and talk about what you've been up to um and thought this would be a great episode because uh we were talking about you know the public health and mental health during these times and i've done an episode on that as well but we i wanted to talk to you specifically because of because your generation what you're up to so let's begin by talking a little bit about you uh tell me about your journey where you're from where do you live uh give me a little uh, snapshot of what you do yeah absolutely first off Debra, thank you so much for having me it's such a great platform like i've been listening to your previous podcast mm -hmm. they've been great all the guests have that have joined i've just learned so much from them they're incredible women and this is just a great great platform so i feel so honored to be here first off um thank you <laughs> uh, yeah you covered a little bit about me um and you were right i do do a lot and some days i don't even know it's so <laughs> keep track of all the tasks so I'll start off with saying that I'm currently a master's of public health student, so MPH at Jefferson University. I'm going into my second year. I just finished a full year of four semesters. We are based like quarterly, and I have two more semesters left. Cannot believe it that I will be graduating. And by the time I graduate, hopefully I'm not graduating with the current pandemic. So that's the hope. Uh, and yeah, apart from that, I'm also a fashion, clean beauty, lifestyle, wellness um, advocate and blogger. And then I also am a content creator, I like to do a lot of like my own content creation, working with collaborations and partnerships with other amazing brands and company. Um, as you mentioned, I am a clean beauty advocate. So I, I'm an independent consultant with Beauty Counter. And they're a clean and safe beauty company and brand. Um, I can get a little bit more, talk a little bit more about that later on, how I got involved with that. But I wanted to go back to the current part of public health. So with COVID currently, I'm also helping out my director with a research project. And we are doing data analysis of how COVID has particularly impacted the staff, students, and kind of like people involved at Jefferson. Um, so that's been super exciting. That's what I've been up to lately. This project has been has started since March. Um, and I'm really excited to how all the data analysis that is going to come out of it once it gets published, once we have a better idea, uh, because that would be super helpful for other universities as well as professors to see how this current pandemic is kind of shaping up students life as well if they have changed um, their adjustments if they have moved back home how are they coping with it and so much more so that's something super exciting and then also I am a graduate assistant so I help with um, so that's like two parts um, twofold for me because I'm a research assistant so I am working with one of my professors on his research project and then um, 
I'm also a TA, so I'm kind of really like putting myself together this whole week, like shaping up the schedule of the class for the fall, um, the adjustments from being in person to virtual worlds and how that's going to look like. So that's what's keeping me busy this week. Um, How about you? What have you been up to? Same, same. I've been working, but um, I want to go back to what you were talking about. This sounds incredibly interesting. Um, Tell me more about why you wanted to join uh, public health. Like, why was that uh, uh, something that was appealing to you when you started? Yeah. um, So I always knew ever since I was a kid that I always wanted to go into healthcare and kind of be very hands-on and work with people. So in undergrad, I went to University of Delaware and I got a bachelor's in biology and minors in medical humanities as well as sociology. So while all my biology classes were great for my future, the minors that I took really, really, I was fascinated. I didn't think that I would really enjoy those classes, but I came out to like, I started with just a medical humanities minor. And then when sociology came into place, I really fell in love with like the humanities aspect of it. So I knew I definitely wanted to have more skills and experience within those subset. And I feel like public health and the humanities tie in so well together, because it is at the end of the day, all people's practice, like wherever I will be going, after this, I would like to use those skills hands on and work with people, whether that's an administrative setting, whether that's a hospital setting, a lab. And I always knew that I wasn't much of a sit down and like work on my own person. Like I always loved, I was an extrovert. I always loved the people interacting to it as well. So right. when I started, I was like, so that's one of the reasons why I started, like because of my minors, I was really, really interested in what the public health had to offer. And I actually had a very dear friend who did public health um, and policy as her undergrad. And she was the one that actually told me about Jefferson, that they had this program. So I applied and I'm so glad that I did because I have truly, I feel like found like my passion and like, obviously I didn't have a major or an undergrad in it. So I didn't really know much about it. Um, I knew what it entailed, but it wasn't until I started taking the class where I was like, I absolutely love this material. And I kid you not, I've never felt like that in undergrad. So to it was kind of like my calling in a way. And and who knew there was going to be a pandemic studying public health? Yeah, right? that's so true. It's like it, it was meant to be. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, so I am I'm just fascinated to see where our world is going to be in the upcoming year, what other job opportunities that will be available, and how are professionals and students in public health going to be shaping up the new world? Because I feel like now this has brought so much acknowledgement to this field. Um, I feel like before, a lot of my family members were like, what's public health? And I remember I got joked about, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a master's in public health. And they're like, what? the health of the public. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly what it sounds like. But there's so much more to it. Like different fields, you can study immigration, you can study issues that these immigration face. And I myself an immigrant, so I'm like super interested in that as well. There's a whole epidemiology, there's infectious disease. In short, you can do anything with public health if you think about it. So this has, I feel like really brought or changed people's perspective on what public health is. And I hope that continues that way. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I totally get I am sure most of my listeners will understand the fact that when you tell an immigrant uh, parent or our generation, you know, the generation before us, if you tell them about public health, they're like, but you're not a doctor. I was like, yeah, but but public health. And then they're like, well, what is that? 
And it's so it's bizarre because it is so much more. It's so in in depth. I have a I have a friend who's doing a PhD in public health, and because it is such a vast topic, you can choose the the niche. Um, and I know that you talk a lot about mental health um, on your platform, and that is again another very big aspect of public health, um, which I think that obviously post covid most people will appreciate if there is a if there is an arm in the public health system there where you can where you can choose which side of um things you want to you know specialize in so i'm so glad you're talking about it because it's not something we hear a lot of our uh, people our generation people uh, really con- are concerned about right am i right like not a lot of people in our generation are concerned about this yeah and i think this is the reason like now more and more it doesn't matter what age more and more people are talking about it or like the different generations are having conversations with each other like i definitely like if you think about all the current topics that we've had just in the past few months we have covered so many topics that are actually public health and not political topics at the end of the day when you look at the roots of those topics they are a public health issue so i think more and more people are having conversations about that whether that is racism whether that is like covid related or going Mm -hmm. back to the roots like taking care of yourself washing your hands with soap and water sanitizing that all of that falls under public health um Exactly. And then the interracial topics and all of those are also part of it. Um, Going back to like health disparities, gender disparities, all of these are public health topics that more and more people are talking about, which I'm so, so glad about. And even between generations, like I definitely had these conversations with my parents and at least try to explain to them that this is what our generation is coming from. This is why we think this might be wrong, that what we initially thought that how it was is not how it's seen in the world or like obviously with times we also have to change and adapt to that you're you're my generation are you are you a millennial too or which generation do you identify with (laughs) because we had this conversation and i'm like i'm not sure if we both are on the same (laughs) this is such a weird thing because depending on the websites that you look at for some I am 1996 I am a millennial but then there's some that falls under gen z and then there's some which is just unknown 1996 by itself is just a year <laughs> <laughs> you then you have a choice you can identify with whichever belief system you 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 most close to right i always grew up closest to my friends who are millennials because they were 1995 1994 i always identified myself as a millennial but then the more you know you meet other people in 1996 and they're like no i'm a gen z and i'm like i'm the same year as you and i'm pretty sure i'm a millennial that is so funny i i so i so agree i know that for the longest time i didn't know if i was a millennial because i'm at a cutoff i'm exactly at 82 which is the cutoff and so i am kind of in the middle of gen x and gen uh, and, and millennial and but i identify as millennial i don't i have the same sort of uh, whatever is associated with, with that generation. So it's hilarious when we talk about it because um, I know a lot of people don't want to associate with with one or the other. Yeah. So I know we had this conversation, so I wanted to talk about that. But you're right. So coming back to the public health part of it, you're absolutely right. I think that past, I would say, 
95, the, the millennial, the end of millennial uh, generation and Gen Z, I think it's so important to bring those topics uh, back on the table for public health because they are the ones who are shaping the next coming whatever years, right? So if they are more and more involved in public health, then those are the kind of changes we're going to see eventually. So I'm glad you talked about that. Uh, another thing I really would love was that I saw your Instagram and I know you post a lot of content about mental health in Gen X or Gen Z, sorry, uh, in the newer generation, more younger people and mental health, how that affects them. So um, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I have kind of pivoted, as you can see it, like the more I feel like comfortable talking about this and which I think in itself, a lot of um, millennials as well as Gen Z are doing. They're opening up this taboo of a topic, which is in our South Asian community. Like we don't really, if you think about it, few years back, just like five or 10 years back, we didn't really talk about mental health like we did on social media, even online or offline, right? So I'm just glad that I am one of those people that is pretty comfortable now to talk about these topics. I think anxiety and depression, even if you look at the numbers in our general articles, they're high among like South Asians, among Indians. So, and some of this is genetic. So if we don't talk about it, how are we going to be able to get to the root of it, right? So I think to me, like breaking this taboo and the whole stigma and stereotype that mental health is kind of all in your head. Like I, I don't associate with that at all. And I think it should just be taking as much priority as your physical health. Like us, like if you tell someone like, Oh, I'm suffering with this, like I have a headache or like I have this. And if it gets worse and we're like, well, go see a doctor. And then why do we say that if you need help, why not see an expert for mental health? Right. So I think these barriers need to be broken down. So while I don't have any like underlying mental health diseases. I, much like many other people, have experienced like anxiety. And like, um, it might not be chronic, it might not be severe, but at the same time, I'm sure you and I can talk about it. We've probably suffered like with anxiety or at least like for a couple of days or multiple times in our lives, right? Like when the stress piles up at work, when there's like other personal stresses going on, like it does kind of, we suffer with anxiety as well, along with that. So I've definitely suffered that over time. And I think it was since then, a couple years back, like when I didn't know what my next step was going to be, like this was before even like starting the whole master's program, I did suffer with anxiety for a little bit. And I was at that time working at a hospital and I was also shadowing a pediatrician. So I kind of brought it up to her and I was like, do you think this is anxiety? I've never felt like this before. My chest is hurting over the past few days. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, there's nothing to be ashamed of. She herself as a doctor has experienced anxiety too. And I think the more and more people talk about it, we realize how much common it is. So why not have these conversations and not just help yourself, but help others with it too? Because the more taboo that we are, we're not likely to have these conversations. And you might think like, what's wrong with me? Or maybe this is all just in my head, but you don't realize how common everyone else is, like everyone else might be going through the same thing. And this might just help another yeah. Absolutely. I, I think that and it's so important uh, uh, to especially in our South Asian community, it is so important for, for this topic to be uh, sort of in the forefront. Um, I, another, a quick uh, story I'll tell you is that I I was so impressed with my kids school, uh, elementary school. Uh, they have um, a counselor. So I thought the counselors are only like to sort out when they have differences or things like that. But apparently they had a counselor come in to talk to people, to talk to children who have like some sort of anxiety or some sort of like behavioral 
you know, not issues, but generally challenges. Um, and I was just so impressed with that. I'm like, that person came and they talked to the kids, talked about how they can manage it because there's just so much we don't know how their the children's are reacting, the children are reacting to, right, these days. And um, I was just so impressed with the whole system because it, it's appointed by the, the county, right? It's appointed by the district. And this person comes in. And so my, my son went in one session because the teacher recommended that, oh, you know, he might like this one. And I'm like, sure. And even though he's not like, there wasn't any issue, there wasn't any challenge, there wasn't anything to be a, be a sort of worried about. He, she just thought it will be a good idea for him to speak to one of them. And I was just so impressed with with the way they handled it because um, the the counselor came in and they gave like certain very easy sort of techniques to manage stress and manage anxiety with little kids because they're not going to react the way we react. Right. So when we have anxiety, we have, uh, we know, okay, we are feeling this way. We need to either do this or do that. Right. But with kids, kids don't know. So they don't know how they just come out. It, it comes out in a very different way. So um, they gave that counselor gave my son certain techniques uh, to, to do when he's feeling a certain so uh, emotion. So kind of gave him that connection that if you're feeling this way, then do try this. If you're feeling this way, try this. And uh, it's been like, I loved it. I was just so touched with that. And I think that is something everywhere it should be and i'm assuming that that's part of the public health whole the whole system when when they when they work then these are the programs that they really need to be focusing on yeah i think when we do talk about that um and as you were saying like i'm so glad to hear that schools are actually implementing that and having those programs from such an early on age because there are adverse childhood experiences that carry on and linger on for the rest of your life they can take on this emotional distress right and leave this trauma like let's say something did happen we have so many different complex families in America, right? So it's like, sometimes it does carry on for the burden for children. And if they have gone through that, those AC, what we call them as ACEs, like adverse childhood experiences, they carry on. And if you look at the percentages among children, um, they're pretty high, like, especially like when you test those children out. And sometimes, as you were saying, they might not even know that they're struggling to, to do this. Yeah. We need to normalize that these mental health disorders kind of exist. And they might not even be a disorder, but it's important to let kids know from an earlier age that this does not make you any lesser human or an any lesser child than you are. Like, it's okay. But here's, oh, yeah. right, here's how we can, as you were saying, like manifest these skills and implement them in, from a very younger age so that you don't carry on that trauma and you know how to resolve it. And it's okay to kind of like seek help and see an expert if you need to. Because sometimes we don't know what's happening in school, right? Yeah. So I, I don't know why he's feeling a certain way because that's not the way he feels at home. So I didn't know what was happening in school. And when you ask him, he's like, no, everything is fine. And But then when they talk to the teachers and they, oh yeah, I might be feeling a little anxiety. I might be feeling a little bit anxious. And the teachers will be like, okay, how about we do this? How about we try this? And I was like, oh my God, I'm so touched they, they did that for, for the kids. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, that was my point that I really like what, what the public health uh, system is doing these days. So, yeah, and they have so many several programs like that implemented at different levels, different topics. And we do a lot of that, too. Like I used to volunteer, at least for the last two semesters, I worked with um, 
vulnerable population of high schoolers around uh, Philadelphia. And we were implementing a system because if you think about it, in high school is kind of where you have to start thinking about your future path and career. And you're like, what, 17, 18, trying to figure out what the rest of your life looks like? Like, I didn't know that. So we're having a college program where at least, um, and it was implemented through Jefferson. So we would have different like topics, whether that's anatomy, like medical school, physical therapy, occupational therapy, public health, psychology, like you get the, my drift, but yeah, yeah like those different sessions and in a way just offer these extra resources for these high schoolers who might not even have counselors at that school, or even if they don't like, because these schools don't have the resources, um, yeah we are offering them that extra resources and there's multiple different programs that are implemented like that at different levels. Um, and at least public, public school is like starting from like elementary through high school, which I'm really, really glad they're doing. Oh, that is so sweet. And I, I can imagine it. Can you imagine like I'm 37 and I still wonder what I really want to do for the rest of my life. I might pivot and do something else, yeah. but asking, asking a 17 year old to decide what they want for the rest of your life, it must be so exciting. Do you say? <laughs> If you ask my 18-year-old self, I thought life was supposed to be a certain way. Here I am at 24, and I'm like, wait, what happened? <laughs> well, you're doing great. I'm sure you're happy. It's, 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 I mean, I hope you're happy because I think you're doing absolutely wonderful. I love that you're doing in public health. I really want to talk to you about your uh the the shift because on one hand you're doing this amazing work and you're you're you know still studying you're about to complete your master's in uh, public health advocate advocacy and then on the other hand you're doing your really big clean beauty and fashion advocate which is really interesting to me um so talk to me why fashion and beauty is one of the things you you really enjoy yeah um so i've kind of mentioned this on my instagram post and social media as well that I started being this, like, I guess you can say influencer or blogger, um, like about two years ago now. And it was more so a creative outlet. I was always the girl who loved like talking about fashion. Like this is the, I'm always a dress person. Like you will probably never see me in pants in summer. Um, very, very rare unless I have to dress business casual and it's like, so I'm okay with those. So like, I was always like a dressy girly, like, you know, growing up and when I was younger, like me and my friends would wrap each other around in saris, like do all the pleats and everything. So I was always a huge fan. So I say like I had this passion for fashion and we as women are generally told you can only do one thing over the other like even if you talked to our parents like five years back they'd be like well go in science and you can have this as a side thing right like why does it always have to be a side thing like you can do both it's fine so I wanted to like start breaking that stereotype that you can be a fashionista and you can be um, a woman in science right you can do it both so like a lot of my collabs that I do now are tailored towards women who are multi-passionate or who who want to have a side hustle or who want to have a full-time business at the same time they're doing something else so I'm so glad I get to meet through my social media platform I've met so many incredible women who have their own established business like just look at you you have your own established business you're working a different job and you're starting something else like you're doing it all so that's what I want to tell like all the listeners and also like our future women like the next generation that you don't have to put yourself in one or two boxes you can be and whoever you want and you can do as many things as you want as far as you can handle that <laughs> oh, thank you I know I know exactly how you feel because imagine having being stuck with one thing for the rest of your life it can get so 
uh, monotonous. I, I have different interests. I have many interests and I like to explore all of them, right? So while I work, I also like enjoy doing this. I also enjoy doing that. Um, and I can make a full-time career out of all of them if I really wanted to. Um, so you're totally right. You don't need to put yourself in one box. And that. Uh, so when my daughter says, mom, I don't know what I'm going to do when I grow up, I'm like, well, you don't have to make up your mind now. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And, so I, when, we have to tell our children that, and especially in South Asian culture, because the, the idea of being an engineer and doctor is so prevalent even now that, you know, we need to like let them know that, you know what, it's fine. If you want to become a, a graphic designer, do yeah. it. And, and I understand where parents are coming from. They want the best for you, right? These careers have been proved successful in the past, but I feel like if you're good at something and you're putting out your best work and people see how passionate you are for what you're doing, you're most likely going to succeed in that field. And if you show that to your parents, I'm sure they're only going to be happy for you. So that's like the how yeah. generation's mentality was. I think it's just understanding where they're coming from and showing them that there is a different path to do that same thing. Like now we look at it, there's so many subfields, not just being a doctor, you can be a PA, you can be a nurse practitioner, it's still work with patients besides like you know like yeah I think eventually they just want you to be safe and happy and I think that that's where it comes from uh the safety of being in those fields is what they know best right and uh but now you know that you can still be financially stable and safe with different careers and so if you show them that look I made I can I can still be financially stable and secure even if I'm not in those fields is is a is a key component so when I speak to my children that's what I say that because we live in a world like this we do need that financial security so whatever you pick make sure that that is you know your education supports it you know you can pivot if you want to and um have a couple of options open and then eventually you know you can do something else if i know people who have done the uh, engineering their entire life worked in corporate burned out and then they're like i want to be a full-time comedian and so and and they're making money out of that so i i think that what's important is to uh, realize that this may happen and it's okay if it does i really want to push on the point i love your post i love those instagram uh, posts you make the, the, uh, the content you create um i know you are a you are a consultant with the beauty counter and we talked about this uh, but uh, i know that this was one of the things you were passionate about because I know beauty uh, beauty counter is very uh, it's really big on clean beauty and keeping things organic and natural. So tell me about that a little bit more. Yeah. So as you kind of touched upon it, they are um, toxic free clean beauty, and they promise safety first. Their mission is to get safer products in everyone's hands. Um, for the viewers who don't really know, our FDA does not really regu- regulate our personal care and cosmetic industry. So we have not updated a law since 1938. So when I first heard that, I was shocked. So one of my goals for 2020, I learned about that last year. So one of my goals for 2020 was to sustain be sustainable and at the same time make conscious clean choices and that's part of the reason why i joined hands with beauty counter is they ban over 1800 chemicals and ingredients which are toxic or might be questionable for you like we are always so like we're so cautious about our food we always read the back labels and the ingredients that are in there so why not do the same because all of these things that we're applying are going straight on our skin and if you think about it the skin is like the biggest organ of your body and if 
literally your face, like you're using those things. And like, I've realized like back in the day, like when I was using like literally anything and everything, I would break out, but like now I'm making more conscious choices and I can see what I'm putting on my face. And I know with beauty counter, it's clean before joining this website that I swear by it's EWG, which is the environmental working group. It's a .org website. So it's credible, but not only that researchers use it, scientists use it. And it has a database um, of like skincare products, products that you use around the kitchen and in the house. So you can just kind of like check those products and see what database um, products are you using. You'll, you'll find out the toxicity level, how clean they are. And I swear by that. So when I first saw that Beauty Counter was EWG verified, I was really happy that they're not only going by their mission, but they're also actually like proven to be EWG verified. And then they're also certified B Corporation. So they also work with other nonprofit organizations that align with their mission and try to support them as well. And they do a lot of advocacy work too, which goes back to my public health and my beliefs that I think it's so important to educate people. And if you have... If you have those skills, then use those skills. And that's why also why I said I pivoted my platform toward more wellness, towards public health and advocacy side as well. So they also advocate for cleaner, safer laws, um, for better guidelines and for stricter regulations and to shift this industry and personal care away from those harmful and questionable ingredients. I so agree. I know you got me hooked to that website because you told me about it last time we spoke. And then now every time I would do, I would, I would look at something, I'm going to go on that website and I check it out. And it, it's, it's, yeah, you totally got me hooked on it because I got obsessed with what stuff yeah, I have. The first time I heard about it, I was going around the house scanning all the items. <laughs> <laughs> I know I changed it though I, I am so proud because I did actually change all my routine and I know I've we talked about it a little bit I am giving the new routine about a couple of months to see how they how it reacts but I did uh get, got rid of all the stuff that I knew on that website are questionable with questionable ingredients so for all of you listening you must try that website it's actually amazing when you look at it uh, each product you put on your body if you look at the product and their ingredients on that website you'll get to know and then make an educated uh, decision whether that's good for you or not because it'll tell you you know percentage of this what does it do what does it do on your body this this chemical that chemical and because when you when you look at an advertisement or when you look at something uh, on a bottle you don't know what those chemicals are we don't know if it's good if it's not good it sounds scary it doesn't sound scary so it's so overwhelming so um definitely check that website out it's amazing so thank you Dhruvi I really owe that one to you of course yeah and I think not just that it also is driven by healthier environment too right because at the end of the day like we as humans can be selfish all the time so we also have to think about our nature and all the resources that we get from other like mother earth and mother nature and we have to take care of our oceans and the water so i think something else that i really like about beauty counter is like let's say their sun protection line that they use they make it in a way that it's mineral based but also it protects our oceans it protects our water bodies and the environment as well on top of protecting ourselves yeah we are yeah because again we're gonna leave this 
place uh, a little bit healthier and hopefully a little bit better for generations to follow. But um, I know we're running a little bit out of time, but what I really would love is for you to uh, tell our listeners where they can find you, um, especially if they want to get into cleaner beauty and find you for a beauty counter, any questions they have, and if they want to try it out, please do contact Ruby on her Instagram. But but Ruby, tell me all the handles they can reach you and uh, yeah. Let me know. Yeah, absolutely. So my handle is just my name um, with the double I. So it's D-H-R-U-V-I-I underscore S. And then you can check out my profile right over there, learn all about it. And I have a website which has all the links to Beauty Counter. They can check out the website on there as well, as well as like any of my previous work that I've done, collaborations, partnerships, podcasts. You can find all of those on that website. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Ruby. I had such an awesome time talking to you today. Um, learned a lot about public health because, uh, again, it's a confusing topic for a lot of us because we don't, we are not, we didn't grow up knowing all of those things. So I'm so glad you told us about that. And um, congratulations on all the stuff you've already done. Um, I am still have to uh, see your uh, hear the other podcast you did, so I am going to do that. But um, thank you so much for coming here. And uh, yeah, and I'm hope to see you soon and talk to you soon. Thank you so much for having me. And this was just a blast. Like I love chatting with you as always. So thank you for having me. Um, We'll stay connected and do more work together soon. Absolutely. Well, for all of you who are listening, uh, go and uh, sign up on uh, Beauty Counter and uh, from Dubi and she'll let you know how to go about doing that. And uh, thanks again for listening.